0: The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Now, I know my son does not listen to this radio program. He doesn't listen to anything I say, whether it's on the radio or at the house or
1: some of the population (laughs) that just listens to, like, the the newer music. I don't
0: don't know what he listens to, but he doesn't listen to the show. I can tell you that. But I do want to take a second um, as we get this show started tonight just to wish him luck. He's headed to Holland tomorrow. He's going to go to grad school there. Um, I won't, I won't, uh, go into detail as to what motivated him to pick Holland, but yeah, uh, her well. name is fab <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just wish him uh, all the best and great success. And I'm very, very proud of my son. So. Yeah,
1: well, and much love uh, to James. Uh, you and I have been hanging out forever, and it, it's funny just seeing him grow from that yeah. little kid who is terrified <laughs> at the Spalding Inn because dresser drawers are opening and closing on their own. Remember that? I do remember
0: that, and, yeah. And, and,
1: mine and Grants Old Inn, down and, just, uh, and then spending all the time out in Disney and everything else. And he's, just, he's grown into a remarkable young man, and uh, congratulations. He's a great kid, and uh, James, we love you.
0: We do, and um, stay in touch, my friend. Stay in touch.
1: So we've we've got a good show tonight. We've got some pretty cool stuff we're going to be talking about. We do. Tonight we're going to be talking with Jeff Eastman, mechanical engineer. And our discussion is going to revolve around the evolution of the electric light dousing rod, the MC mic, the MC EMF, the multicolored uh, LED microphone EMF mic and speaker, and the SB7 spirit box, and also why he developed gray noise to capture undiscovered voices using high-end software tools and techniques.
0: Jeff is an interesting fella. I met him um, near Cleveland when I was at an event, I think in November, and he came up to me and he had these lighted dowsing rods. And he said, here, try these. And I've never used dowsing rods. I mean, I've yeah. held them before. I don't know, really know how to use them. I I know the concept, but... Um, but the cool thing about these were that he he uh, modified them so they can be used in the dark where when most uh, paranormal investigating is done. And if you're in the dark and you're holding dowsing rods, it's kind of hard to see what the heck's going yeah, on. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So he modified these to be self-illuminated, which is pretty cool. But the neat thing about Jeff uh, and his work is that he's taken a lot of equipment that is used somewhat regularly uh, in ghost hunting... And he's uh,
1: improved it. He's modified it, adapted it. So uh, I'm anxious to hear some of the other things that he's worked on. Well, I think that's interesting. And another person who's uh, big big on doing stuff like that is Sean over at uh, Ghost Stop. The, the nice thing is there's equipment out there, of course, but, they're, but these guys are going in and they're also taking things that aren't even, of course, being made for paranormal investigation and they're modifying them to uh, well to help out invest investigations and to really further the field and when it comes down to it further evidence the gathering of evidence and I think that's important because you get too many people out there who is who are just like eh, I'll take this I'll take that and just get the normal piece of equipment that've been being used forever but then you get people like like Jeff and them who are trying to advance the field and advance the equipment. And I think that's really important. You don't see enough of that out there.
0: Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of equipment come and go in the field, a lot of gimmicky stuff. Um, you know, some of these phone apps, ghost, they're ghost just radar. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: just silly. You know, and the worst part is when I see actual investigators or, or others who, who are using something like that on their phone and telling people that it, it really works.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of a fun little party game, maybe, but it's not for serious investigators. And there's been a lot of that stuff coming and going. But uh, one of these times and one of these uh, inventions or modifications is going to be the invention or modification that gives us some really serious answers that we've been looking for. So we just keep waiting for
1: that day to come. Well, and that's it. It's all about advancing it little by little, of course, and getting to the place where, I mean, we're finally able to document. And think about where we are compared to where we were you know, 15 years ago when, when I started, when we started doing ghost hunters and stuff and just the quality of, of video and the new types of equipment that have come out since then, it's it's mind-blowing. And to see that keep on advancing and, and some of the newer technology that, well, we've worked with FLIR on and, and other uh, companies out there. I mean, there's a lot of new things that will be coming out in the future that... I think are really going to help propel this field forward
0: well you make it a really good point i mean the iphone itself what that was introduced in uh, 2005 yeah. The first one, uh, so we weren't even, you know, using uh, phone cameras. I mean, there were a few phones that had cameras; those old flip phones had cameras, but they weren't any kind of resolution you could do <laughs> now, anything with, like a 0. .7 yeah. megapixel. It was horrible. Now,
1: now you're getting them, and they're twenty megapixels.
0: Yeah, it's and now, and now it's pretty amazing. But uh, we've come a long way, as you said, in about fifteen years. It's pretty amazing. Um, so we're going to have a great discussion with Jeff Jeff Eastman tonight about uh, the equipment he's worked on, other equipment in the field, some of the investigations he's done,
1: uh, and then we have some great shows coming up for the rest the week as well we do wednesday we're going to be talking with jeffrey doherty and he's a former former minister and bible college graduate and uh, we're going to be talking to jeff uh well he's spent 20 years as a licensed minister during which he's discovered his gifts of healing and exorcism and he also he saw the cracks in the foundation of big time religion and set out to uh, for some answers on his own and then thursday night there is a choice
0: Extinction or evolution?
1: That's I'll, a name. I'll of, go with evolution. Yeah, I'm, I'm extinction with you. <laughs> sucks.
0: <laughs> That's the name of a new book by Linda Sherman. She's an author and an astrologer, and she'll be talking about her predictions for 2019 and 2020. And of course, that book, uh, Our Choice:
1: Extinction or Evolution. There's so a whole lot of people going uh, predictions and stuff for 20. 20- 2020, 2019. And,
0: I think people are um, anxious to get to 2020 because they want to predict the next presidential election. I think that that's a big motivator for a lot of folks.
1: I really do. Well, I have a belief that it's either going to be a woman or, or a man. Or a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I, we should ask. I mean, we should get Focky on yeah. here to tell us about it.
0: But you know, the, the guest we've got coming on tomorrow night, um, Jeff Darty, with the uh, who's an exorcist. Um, it's kind of an interesting uh, timing for this because the there's a, a a report that's just come out that over the past decade, um, Catholic clergy are, wit- are witnessing a mushrooming, a, an explosion in demand for people asking for
1: exorcisms. Yeah, and the problem is, though, or and working with the, uh, the clergy for a long time, a lot of the people are asking for it, but that's not really what's needed, but I don't know. Well, these, uh, these requests are all over the world, and
0: actually, Pope Francis... Regularly speaks about the devil, and he's told priests, now this is kind of a departure for the Catholic Church, he's told priests that they should, quote, they quote, should not hesitate to call on exorcists if they hear confessions or see behavior indicating satanic activity, which is kind of a departure from previous popes, but for the Catholic Church as a whole.
1: Yeah. And, but I mean, they've kind of shied away, f- away from it for a long time. Well, they did, but there were a few years there that they came out and tried to make it like a new hip thing, if you remember. And it was, of course, it's very many. There were a lot of people walking away from religion in general due to uh, some things that have gone on in the past that we don't need to get into. But uh, there were so many, so, so much of that going on. And all of a sudden, the you know, the church came out and started talking about how uh, demons are real and exorcisms and they were performing all these exorcisms. And it seemed almost as if they were trying to get the younger generation back into the church. And you and I have talked about yeah, that in the past. Yeah. And so I don't know. I always look for hidden agendas and things. Well, you have to,
0: um, and that just brings up one, one other point and I'll, we can leave the exorcism conversation behind, but uh, there is a documentary film on Netflix, I believe uh, about a um, long time, priest who uh, was notorious for conducting exorcists. And I'm trying to remember the name of the of the title. I probably should have looked it up before. Uh, wasn't we it, done?
1: Having... it wasn't it the one that was created by the guy who did the exorcist? Yeah, it's exactly yeah. the one. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, it, I watched it and I was rather disappointed by it. Um, I was too. Yeah. And I watched probably the first half an hour, 45 minutes and I had to turn it off. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it, there was just nothing there that would have led me down the path to believe that this, uh, those people were really, uh, were possessed. really possessed.
0: Yeah. And the thing that made it even more suspicious is that, uh, from what I could tell, um, and nobody claimed to the contrary that whenever they had the voice of the woman who was supposed to have been possessed on, it was altered. The voice was clearly altered. Yeah, digitalized. It almost sounded It it. Like. It was made almost to sound d- demonic. It was, mm-hmm. you know, had that. Uh, and, and nowhere did they say, you know, th- these scenes have been modified for a fact or anything, but it was clear they were modified. And uh, so to bill it as a documentary, I, I was a little bit turned off by that. Yeah, so not, not
1: our Netflix recommendation. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> it's funny we've been talking about that. But,
1: yeah, um, I wouldn't recommend it. No. So, all right. Well, let's take a break and let's get our guest Jeff Eastman on. You're listening to Jason and JV Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Did you know that online retailers
0: like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a okay so I, I changed my recommendation okay i had originally said that i don't recommend that film about the exorcist um by the way the, it's called the devil and father Immort, and it was directed by william freak and of course uh the gentleman who directed the exorcist um but i want to read something that's kind of interesting about it because on the imdb page for this there is a uh, little bit of a, a trivia note it says during the exorcism scenes christina's demonic screams and sound uh, modified almost to sound like something one would expect to hear in a movie about exorcisms. However, according to William Friedkin, the entire scene is authentic and unedited in such a way to alter the sound of her voice. So I'm um, now I recommend people watch it to tell me what you think.
1: Yeah, honestly, get, get everybody else's take on it.
0: I'd love to know because I was certain that it was edited. Um, so, yeah, it's called The Devil and Father Amort, and I believe it's on Netflix still. So welcome back to the show. It's Beyond Reality Radio. We're not talking about exorcisms tonight, despite the fact we just spent the last 20 minutes talking about it. Um, we're actually talking about paranormal investigating. Which sometimes leads to <laughs> it's exorcisms. True. It's true. Kind of They, they do go hand-in-hand <laughs> hand at times. Tonight, our guest is Jeff Eastman. Jeff is a mechanical engineer, also a paranormal investigator. He's got a paranormal group, and you can check out the website, NCPD. Ohio dot com. Jeff, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Great to have you with us tonight.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, thanks for coming on, Jeff. We look forward to this. So, Jeff, you're a mechanical engineer, but you're also a paranormal investigator. Which of those two things came first?
2: Oh, I've always been interested in the paranormal uh, since I was young. My uh, dad ran a group for uh, called IONS, that's the International Near-Death uh, Study Group, and they had meetings at the house, and that was before I was mechanical, but I always knew I was going to be a mechanical when I grew up, so i I would say it, it was parallel together
0: so they they kind of both interests uh, developed as you were young, and you stuck with both of them.
2: Yeah, growing up I, my it was all hands on our our weekends were building things, uh, whether it was trailers, homes, you name it. And uh, I just love tinkering, po- taking things apart, modifying them, creating new things, and then getting into the paranormal, just taking my ideas and being able to create things. Uh, it's just its a great combination.
1: Well, and uh, J.V. and I were talking about this earlier, where there's not really equipment out there that's designed specifically for paranormal investigations. So what what we've always had to do throughout as many years as we've been investigating, is take what's out there and modify it or just suit it for your needs to get out there and investigate. So it's always nice to see somebody actually taking the initiative of stepping forward and trying to actually design equipment that is specifically for investigating the paranormal.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So So the electric light
1: dowsing rod. Let's
0: not not get into that yet, Jeff, because I I want to learn a little bit more about about you first. And this is a short segment, so I don't want to go there yet. Um, As as a mechanical, I mean, you know, we'd all love to say that investigating the paranormal can be a full-time job. And I guess for some people it could be. Um, I'm assuming it's not your full-time job. Are you a mechanical engineer by trade?
2: Yes. I'm 34 years at it. Um, I am in a career change at this time, so the the NCP part of it, NCPD part of it, is I'm a little more emphasis on that. Um, I may actually have a contract job coming up Monday, but um, right now I'm like full time on the NCP part of the business.
0: And how long ago did you start actually investigating paranormal claims?
2: Two thousand and ten was the first time I used a digital recorder at the ghost Asylum across some from Ohio University where my daughter went to college and I caught my first e v p there standing over an uh, unmarked grave and I'm pretty sure the e v p said um, something like uh, something to do with not being a real person, just a number and uh I just We just ran from that point. It became something where my wife was saying, there's another shipment from Amazon and you're out there buying something and uh, it all started there. Got the bug.
1: Well and that, that definitely is what, so having an experience like that really thrust you into the field and from there it's just, it's mind-blowing, you just want to keep on gathering more and more evidence.
2: Yeah, the best evidence is your evidence when you're doing an investigation and you're doing an EVP session and you're evaluating that, you're listening on the headphones and you know I'm the, my wife and I were the only persons in the building and we asked these particular questions and we got answers to those questions that's just amazing. It's really hard to tell somebody the feeling you get when you're, you're talking to somebody that passed away a long time ago and it's it's a, it's really great.
0: There's it's a combination of you know chills down your spine, um, elation, uh, gratitude, mm-hmm. satisfaction, pride, and all these other things thrown in. So I know exactly what you mean. Um, we've got about a minute here before we have to jump to our break. Um, but again, as we learn about you, at some point along the way, from when you started had an interest in the paranormal as a child to 2010, something happened or something triggered. Uh, your uh, interest in actually going out to uh, investigate paranormal claims. what Was there anything specific you could point to?
2: A few times in my life, I've had some pretty vivid dreams, um, and that always kept me thinking more about the, the beyond, what happens life after death. Um, but what really triggered it, watching the shows, watching your show, TAPS, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, you name it, There's there was so many early on and we just my wife and I said, we can do that. We can get some equipment and and let's just do it.
0: It's a story that uh, we've heard a lot of times uh, that the shows really did inspire a lot of people to get out and uh, explore this field in a little more depth. Yeah,
1: and that definitely means a lot to us and I appreciate that.
0: Tonight we're talking with Jeff Eastman. He's a mechanical engineer and he's modified and developed uh, some equipment to help with ghost hunting if you will paranormal investigations and, uh, by the way, we're going to give away some of that stuff tonight, too.
1: We've got a bunch of his stuff that we're going to give away. We haven't figured out how we're going to do it yet, but keep listening. We'll certainly come up with a way. Yeah, somebody's going to uh, end up with some of this equipment tonight. So make sure uh, you're ready for, I don't know, however we decide to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out on the fly. Hey,
0: Jeff, again, thanks for being with us. Um, you and okay. I you and I, first had an opportunity to talk at a an event. It actually happened to be more of a horror convention event near Cleveland um, a couple months ago. Uh, do you do a lot of those types of events, and is that how you um, best get your word out? Uh, do, you, do you visit these things, tell people about your group and your equipment?
2: No, actually, that was the third time we've uh, been to a place. The first time um, somebody said, you need to go down to the Gettysburg uh, Battlefield Bash for Wounded Warriors. So we actually met Dustin Parry Yep, from Ghost, Ghost Hunters. Yep. He came by to say hi. He had an inspirational speech there, and I sat in on that. That was kind of nice. Um, first time, I, I set up my display, showed people um, a lot of interest, sold a lot of Dowsing Rods. Then we went to Poston Elementary School, just north of Cincinnati. And then the third location was the Dark Christmas, and that was up in Hudson, where I met you. Right. Uh, thank goodness you were there for a lot of, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead and Walking Dead people. People walked by, and they go, who are you? I go, Well, we're paranormal investigators. Who are they? Yeah. <laughs> what are those? Well, they're dowsing rods. So uh, I'm really glad to, to meet you. And then was Rebecca there, too?
0: Yeah, Rebecca Foster was at that event as well. Yeah,
2: yeah okay.
0: Yeah, so that was but, that was that was a good time, and I was pleased to meet you because I got you got to show me your equipment, which was which was kind of cool. And we were talking about uh-huh. the dowsing rods. Let's let's start with that. Now, first of all, um, at what point did the whole concept of dowsing get introduced to you?
2: So, um, we met Joe Dutt. He heads up Team Spectre, and I was already NCPD, and we went. To, he invited us to a prospect place. It's in Tr- Trinway, Ohio, and gave us a set of coat hangers and straw handles, and we were dowsing for an unmarked graveyard or a grave, and my wife came across it, and they were working for her, and we got hooked. And from that point on, I I bought a set off the internet with beaded handles, and you know I didn't like the feel of the handles, and so I I created my own. I got some aluminum. Tubing, bearings, copper, um, and made my own. I liked them, but again, we couldn't see them in the dark. So both my wife and I, we I put like twelve layers of glow in the dark paint on them, and that worked out pretty good. So for years, we were when we would volunteer with groups like at the Palace Theater in Canton, Ohio, that would have First Fridays. We would volunteer our time, and they would have uh, ghost hunting groups come through. You know, people come in; they pay we take them to different locations, and then part of that, we would give them the dowsing rods and and have a little dowsing rod session. But I was lighting up the dowsing rods with my flashlights about every four minutes. And um, so it it worked out, but I thought there's got to be something better than this. So late 2015, I was searching and found electric light wire, and this stuff's pretty neat. It's like a thick filament, and you can have uh, different colors, green, red, blue, pink. There's a whole rainbow out there and a little tiny power supply. And when you turn that on, that wire just lights up like a neon light. And I thought, this is it. I need to find a way to affix this to my copper dowsing rod. But I got a problem. There's this little power supply, and I don't really know what to do with it. I, I needed to bury it. It seemed to be untraditional to have it sticking out. So I'm going to put it inside of a handle. So this is kind of a, um, this is what engineers go through. If you want to go to my website and hit the About My Equipment, about three-quarters of the way down is my first Proto-A electric light dowsing rod. And what I did was I grabbed a, an umbrella, handle one a nice one that's got the little finger grips carved into it and i said this feels nice it's big enough for my little power supply so in my engineering programs i modeled up that surface and shelled it out put the little power supply inside of it and then buttoned it up and uh... it looked pretty cool but it was Pretty awkward. Instead of holding your traditional tiny little handle, you're you're actually gripping this umbrella handle. I only had about a hundred and eighty degree motion on the on the wire going out, and so that sat and percolated for about two years. I brought it to a couple ghost hunting events, and it was just too bulky to carry them around. So it was about late two thousand seventeen where I said, I need to re-spin this and go to Proto-B. And that's what you guys are, What's what you have. I decided I was going to put the power supply just above the pivot point. That way you could spin it 360 degrees, but it wouldn't affect the balance. And that the, the bearings and the handle, it all makes it very smooth. So that's kind of the, how it all evolved. And I took it out to all the, the ghost hunting uh, places that we've been to, we help out at the Kent Stage, again, the Kent Palace Theater, let people use them. And it's just something that when you're in a, a group of people sitting like at a table and we're talking about our paranormal experiences and all the equipment's on there, there's the Ovalis, the, the Melmeters, the K2s, and, and everybody's just waiting for something to go off. And I go, okay, guys, it's time to break out the Dazz and so I pull them out and turn them on, and it looks like that little tiny, you know, swords from Star Wars that go The off. lightsabers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, those are cool. And then I had all my different colors. Well, what color would you like? You like green, blue, how about pink? Oh, no, give me the green pair. And so we'd give them a little session, and then they would start using them. And so with a lot of positive feedback, I thought, you know what, I think I should take this to the next step. Let's let's sell them. And, and that's how it all evolved.
1: Well, let me ask this though. And I will say the dowsing rods, I have a bunch over here that's been sent to me throughout the years. And yours are definitely the most intriguing to me. And I do have to say they're also the smoothest. You, you definitely mm-hmm. have it set up where most of them are just a uh, piece of metal and uh, for the handle. And then the rod runs up and out. Yours actually has the bearings and everything. And it, it turns extremely smooth it's incredible i gotta give you credit on that what mm-hmm. uh, so now dowsing rods throughout history have been used for things like locating groundwater buried metals uh, you know great uh graves and oil and things like that. but why do you think that they pick up graves why do you think that they're able to pick up bodies that are under the ground i, can I understand i can understand i can understand the water magnetic fields all things mm-hmm. like that uh especially the buried metals and things like that but definitely when it comes down to a body I'm just I ha- I've always had a hard time trying to understand why why they would move to that
2: I can't answer that I was told by Joe that you know the body is energy and it's still residual even though you're buried in the ground um that's an hypothesis I can't I can't vouch for it it just works and so my wife said, you need to research dowsing rods, the history of them. They started in 1400, and, and I said, you know, I can't do that. There's so much history and what they're for and the different theories about how they're working. I know that when we go on paranormal investigations and we have a dowsing session and they start working, something's happening. And it's not my hands moving, and it's incredible.
0: Jeff, I want oh. I want to actually elaborate on Jason's question a little bit um, mm-hmm. because there are people listening tonight that don't even know what we're talking about when we talk about dowsing rods. So let's back it up. Tell okay. us tell us what dowsing rods are.
2: Well, the the dowsing rods I have are they called L rods. It's a handle, um, five inch or six inch long handle, half inch diameter aluminum, and the the length of the. Copper, eighth-inch diameter copper, comes out either 13 or 18 inches. And basically, you're the antenna to the other side. You're positive. Um, You know, we could go through a little session on how you should let them hang vertically to get stable out, lift them up, hold them about 8 to 10 inches apart. Don't rest them on your chest or anything that's moving. And introduce yourself to the spirits and then take it away.
0: Okay, but more, more generally, um, they are, uh, what, conductors of, of, of an energy source that we're uncertain as to what it is. Uh, they've been used to find things beyond just paranormal uh, things. Um, so yeah. w- I, I guess the, the bigger question here is what's the force involved and how do you use it?
2: I can't tell you in paranormal what forces are moving it. Um but you talk about what they're used to find. Uh I had a, a friend of the family that when I said, Well, I I make dowsing rods and I do you know what they are? And he goes, Yes, I work for the, the city and we use dowsing rods to find the water lines going to the homes. And I go, Really? You know, I hear people talk about it but I've never really had somebody like you tell me. But what actually goes on that makes those rods move I can't answer that.
0: So when somebody's using them, how do they know when they found what they're looking for?
2: As in talking to spirits?
0: I, it doesn't matter. Anything. I, you know, if, if they're using these dowsing, any dowsing rods, not necessarily yours, uh, they're holding one in each hand. There are mm-hmm. two wires, basically, that are protruding out in front of them. How do they know if they found whatever it is they're looking for?
2: Dowsing rods are very personal. Um, When we're ghost hunting and somebody's using them and they're getting answers, you know, you can see, you know, of course the room's dark, but I have the night vision going on and I zoom in on their hands and I I watch. And sometimes people don't know it. They're moving them themselves. Maybe their mind is subconsciously telling their hands to move, you know, certain directions. Um, How do I know if people have contacted loved ones and they really are yeah
1: i think i think what jv is mainly saying and uh, the whole idea of dowsing rods are when you're walking and they're they're pointing straight out and when you're starting to come up uh, to something uh, whether it be a metal object under the ground or whatever they tend to slowly cross each other correct
2: i've seen that i i don't go hunting for objects i mainly use them for paranormal investigations um, my wife is right, good guess, at the body stuff. Jeff,
0: Jeff, we have to go to break here, but I just want to get, okay. this, get this clear so everybody understands. When, when you're using dowsing rods, and it doesn't matter what you're looking for, they react. And when they react in a certain way, is that by crossing? When they cross is when you know that you've found whatever it is you're looking for? Or do they do something else?
2: Joe Dutt um, has done experiments where he, he'd be at a convention, had people go hide in a room... And he would actually ask the dodging rods, please point the way. So they're not crossing. They're okay. actually leading him through the building, and he found the, his, his friends. Interesting. So, Great.
0: Great. Um, and we've been talking about dowsing rods for the first part of our conversation. And, Jeff, um, before we went to the break, we kind of got the answer we were looking for, but you brought up something that was kind of interesting. You said you saw somebody, a friend of yours, was using the dowsing rods to locate somebody in a building that was hiding, and the the, the rods actually kind of steered him through uh, the hallways to find this person?
2: Yeah, that's what Joe told us. You didn't see it, though. No, I didn't witness that. Okay. That's the the stories ahead of time when he was introducing us to Dowserizing. Goes, this is true, and so I believe Joe. Um, he's a sensitive. He's a sensitive person. You know, um, not as an. You've well, mentioned
0: you've mentioned a Joe a couple times here. Did you tell us exactly who Joe was? Joe
2: Dutt heads up Team Spectre. Spectre,
0: that's right. Okay, so and that's another paranormal investigation group.
2: Yeah, we're affiliated with him. In fact, there's a couple groups, Gettysburg Paranormal. We together will put our schedules together and say, okay, uh, let's go to Mansfield this year. We need 15 people on a Sunday night, get the cost down. We put out a blast out there to the people in in our three or four groups, and then we'll um, go. But uh, that's how we're uh, affiliated with Joe.
1: Well, I like on the t- on your site uh, where uh, which is ncpdohio.com, dot where mm-hmm. on that uh, the uh, about my equipment, all the equipment that you, you've tested, you've tried to work with, and everything else you've got, right down to the taps app there, and uh, and all yeah. that stuff. And it's always nice to see that people are again are trying to well trying all different types of equipment to see what works best for them, but also trying to advance the equipment that's out there.
2: Yeah, and some of that equipment the cameras that were not night vision doing little surgery not little surgery actually a couple hours surgery tearing them apart meticulously trying to remember all the tiny screws went just to pull off the IR filter over the lens and the IR lights that I had from Kodak those were burning out and I brought it to an electrical engineer he said so, well this circuitry is too hot no wonder they're burning out so He redesigned it, and I added the battery pack. The IRs last for like four or five hours now. Um, So there's a lot of things that I bought initially and then modified them.
1: Well, and a lot of people out there don't realize that most cameras out there come you honestly as long as you've got a little knowledge with them you it's easy to make them and make them infrared right down to the Mm -hmm. GoPros and things where you pull out the lens well you actually uh, take it apart and you just remove that little ir filter system that's right and that's it put it back together and it works and it works in the in the dark you're able to uh, record now in, in infrared
2: Yeah, and thank goodness it turns on and and still works. (laughs) Because some of those, they get pretty complicated. The hidden screws and you're prying on something and you go, it's not coming apart. So. But yes, all that kind of equipment. So, so Jeff,
0: your um, solution here, as we um, get it ready to take our next break, uh, when it comes to the dowsing rods, basically uh-huh. what you saw was, you know, people using dowsing rods for paranormal investigating in the dark have trouble seeing what the heck is going on. Um, so you created lighted, lighted, self-illuminating dowsing rods to solve that problem.
2: That's right. It's like the tire. I didn't invent the tire, but I certainly know how to make it better. And so I had the plain dowsing rods, and I saw a situation where I wished these were you know, lit up, and I tackled it, and I think I had a pretty good solution.
1: Yeah, I think they actually, uh, they're kind of neat the way they work out. So, uh, all right, so we've, we've got a bunch of great shows coming up as well. we got Jeff Eastman joining us tonight, mechanical engineer. Our discussion is revolving around the electric light dowsing rods. We're going to be talking about his MC Mike and MC EMF. And also we're going to be talking about the SB7 spirit box and why he developed gray noise to capture capture undiscovered voices using high-end software tools and techniques. Uh, Tomorrow we've got Jeff Doherty on, a former minister, Bible college graduate, and we're going to be talking about his 20 years as a licensed minister and his gifts of healing and exorcism.
0: Tonight's program uh, is interesting because we're talking with a mechanical engineer, Jeff Eastman, who has looked at problems that face many paranormal investigators and tried to come up with solutions. And anytime someone does that, uh, we give them a lot of respect because we appreciate anybody who tries to think outside
1: the box in this particular field. Well, because Ghost Hunters do in the dark. <laughs> so you have you a shirt that says me. that, by the uh, way. I, just, I, I actually, I do somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I somebody, gave, do. somebody gave me one, but uh, <laughs> I
2: think you but do. no.
1: So it's it's of course it's always complicated when you're walking around in the dark to to see a lot of the things that you're that you're using, and uh, this uh, you know this design with the lights and everything else comes in really handy. Yeah, and again, it takes
0: a mechanical engineer to kind of look at things in the right. Uh, from the right perspective at times. Jeff, again, thanks for being with us tonight. We appreciate your time and sharing your information with us.
2: No, thank you for having me on.
0: I have a problem that only a mechanical engineer, I think, can solve. And so this is very appropriate to have. This no- doesn't
1: have anything to do with paranormal. Oh, yeah, it? it's, it's, it's very it's
0: very much it has to do with the paranormal because I sit in this chair every night to do the show to talk about the paranormal and the chair won't maintain its height, Jeff. It keeps shrinking on me and I have to stand up. Make, how do you make a chair that doesn't
2: do that? Uh, put some blocks under it, make it taller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so, you, so you're starting off at a higher point. You end up at the uh, the happy place. You end up where you want to be. There you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: um, we've been talking about your dowsing rods, and again, uh, one of the... Uh, most difficult things about using dowsing rods in a paranormal investigation is that you're generally in the dark and if you're in the dark you can't see what the rods are doing you've solved that that problem by creating um self-illuminating dowsing rods but one of the Mm -hmm. things i want to ask you from more of a philosophical standpoint here is some paranormal investigators or groups won't use things like dowsing rods because they can arguably be subjective what are your thoughts on that
2: very much so and in fact i when you watch all the programs on TV, nobody comes out and uses them. I think maybe one time I saw uh, somebody invited to Ghost Adventures that they caught them off camera, and she was holding dowsing rods. But they never really publish or show somebody using them, and that's because they're so subjectionable. You you're holding them, and it's very it's just a little twitch of your wrist, right or left, you could get whatever answers you want. So. Again, it's very personable, and um, that's why I, I had somebody at the Gettysburg say tell me the very same thing, and I said, "Well, here's an experiment because these light up, and you can see them in the dark. How about if I hang them off the edge of a table and put something on there to keep them from falling off, and I step back and I take the human factor out of it. then I tell the spirits, "Hey." Can you please cross them for yes or separate them from no or, or move them? And he goes, that would be a good experiment for you to do. And because the rods come in different colors, that would be another experiment. I'm going to be doing that this summer, um, hanging them off different things and saying, okay, this is Spirit. If the answer yes, move the blue dowsing rod some way or form or shape well, and, I was and i'll gonna, be videotaping that
1: and i was gonna i was actually gonna bring that up jeff because honestly my thoughts are and uh always with dowsing rods if the human factor is definitely where most of the error uh, falls on now the fact of the mm-hmm. matter is if you grabbed a, even an eight by eight piece of wood uh, you know drilled some holes in it made sure it was level and you're able to lay that on the floor in a room and put the handles of the dowsing rod in it So they're level, nobody's touching it. And then Mm -hmm. even if you set a camera up, you have other devices in there and see if when you start picking up uh, some sort of evidence on other devices, whether it be K2, whether it be uh, anything, your cameras, see if the dowsing rods move on their own at that time. I think that really would help add credibility to the use of dowsing rods because then it takes the human contamination factor out of it, the human element totally out of it, and allows them to sit there on a level surface and move themselves with with nobody uh, nobody can really question that.
2: That's right. And another thing I invented, and I think somebody else has already done this too, it's a dowsing rod frame. Basically, it's a square frame about 8 inches by 12. You slide the dowsing rods into it, and they hold them parallel to one another, which prevents them from crossing. You can't cross them or separate them. You can still tilt to the right and left, but the idea there would be if the answer is yes or no, I physically can't turn this to make it do a yes or no. So that's just another idea. So, have you, But again, have you're you, right. It's a very personal experience.
0: Have you used dowsing rods in a paranormal investigation and actually seen them defy gravity?
2: Uh, as in... Okay, a little more clear on that question. Defying gravity.
0: Defy, not define defy gravity? Have you seen them move opposite a gravitational pull?
2: Oh, well, so if I... um, it's always about 10 degrees from horizontal, and then they just move back and forth. Now, are you saying if I had them um, pointing vertically down and then having it lift up? Yeah, not, it
0: doesn't necessarily have to be vertically down, but you know, any 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 angle that would have it so that if it moves to the right or left, it would actually have to work against gravity.
2: Oh yes, that's how they work, and that's why they're they're slightly pointed down. I always tell people, gravity is your friend. If you had them horizontal. The way the forces work out, it's just going to spin uncontrollably like a helicopter. So you have to tilt it downward at a slight angle to have gravity help you. And that if it moves it, it actually has to move it in an incline uphill. And then when you tell the spirits, thank you very much, can you back off or let them go, they return back to the center slowly, you know, parallel to one another.
0: Interesting. Okay. So we're going to change the topic here. I want to talk about some of the other um, items that you have modified to help with paranormal investigators. But before we do that, Jay, why don't we take a break uh, and then we can start this other conversation. By the way, we will be taking
1: your phone calls as well at eight four four six eight seven seven six six nine. It's toll-free at 844-687-7669. You're listening to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. All right, as we
0: mentioned in the beginning of tonight's program, uh, we have a pair of uh, Jeff Eastman's dowsing rods, the self-illuminating dowsing rods. Jeff, do you have a specific name for for these? They're...
2: Called the Electric Light Dowsing Rods.
0: The Electric Light Dowsing Rods. Okay. Well, we're going to give away a pair of those. Uh, We also have Mm -hmm. some of the microphones we're going to give away as well. But we're going to do the Mm dowsing rods now. So Slick Eddie is manning the phones. Um, Let me take third caller. Jay, I think that sounds right. It would help if I turn my mic on, though. Uh, Yeah, I think third (laughs) caller would be fine. Okay. So uh, 844-687-7669. We're going to give uh, a pair of the Electric Light Dowsing Rods to the third caller at 844-687-7669. So Jeff, tell us about the microphones. Why are these different?
2: Okay, hey, before we get into the microphones, I had a piece of advice I wanted to give to the Dowsing Rod uh, Paranormal people out there. We've done a lot of investigations. Uh, We help out in a lot of public events. And we tell the people, you know, there are spirits here, but you bring them. You may not know it, but you might have spirits hanging around. Well, of course, when the people get the and rods, um, they'll immediately start out. Hey, Grandpa, are you with me? And the and rod will cross or something, and I I immediately stop them and I say, Listen, if you think Grandpa's here, you don't know who you're talking to on the other side. It could it, it could be a spirit that I'm bored tonight. I'm going to be Grandpa. You're gonna ask me a lot of generic questions like is it nice on the other side? Do I see people? And I'm gonna be able to answer those and make you happy. I tell them you need to come up with questions that only you and grandpa know. Like what was your what month was your birthday? And you say four different months, and only one of them is correct. And if the and if the answer is no, please separate them. If the answer is correct, cross my dozen rods. And so go through four or five different questions that you can prove to yourself that you are talking to grandpa or a loved one. And so that way um, you're not going home thinking, wow, I made contact with somebody. And so anyhow, that's my little piece of advice. But
0: well, I think I, I think Go that's on. I think that's an important um, exercise, uh, you know. I, and, and and we we talk about uh, Ouija boards on the program, and most many people uh, avoid them, and I can understand yeah. why. They also are something that have some of the same uh, subjective problems when you talk about using them for any serious investigation. But at the same time, um, you don't
1: know what you're. Communicating with if you are in fact communicating with someone no, that that's a constant problem with people have out there is they never really know if what they're communicating with is truly what it says it is and it's it's a scary mm-hmm. thing it the difference between a Ouija board is you're asking for something to channel through you to make contact it's it's definitely different when it comes down to the dowsing rods but but still the it's the same same issues there same concerns
2: okay so you wanted to talk about the MC, Mike?
1: I want, yeah. Let's let's change the conversation.
0: Actually, you know what? Let's do this first because we did get our third caller here. So okay, let's, great. Let, let's go to our uh, our phone lines, and it's one of our good <laughs> friends. It's Vince uh, from Missouri. Hey, Vince, you, ha- uh, you you're our winner tonight. Hey, congratulations! Hey, lucky number three. Yeah. So, um, have you used dowsing rounds in the
1: past?
2: I have in the past, and, and they work absolutely. I've yeah. used wooden
1: willows. I've also used uh, just clothes hangers. Okay, and what the and they actually work. I didn't buy into it until I lived down south and we were looking for wells to dig. We had bedrock. We had to dig wells to get water. And they worked. They come out. They showed how to do it. And I didn't believe them until I uh, moved. You can cross a water line. If you hold these things right, you can see them cross.
2: There's no doubt in my mind they work.
1: Wow. Well, and that's a big, they're mainly, they've always been used to find water and different minerals and things like that. But water's always been been the main factor of of their use. Vince,
0: did you use something like dowsing rods or some other tool to be the third caller tonight? Because the phones are ringing off the hook when we did that. And how did you get to be the third caller?
2: I use dowsing rods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, hey, I think uh, I don't know if Alex or Slick got your na- your address uh, already. Uh, okay, awesome. Thanks for uh, calling, and uh, we'll get these shipped out to you. and And uh, congratulations. Yeah,
1: have
2: a great night. Thank bro. you so much. All okay. right, congratulations, Vince.
0: All right, so we have about four minutes here in this segment, Jeff. Let's talk about the microphones. You've, I, I know, on uh, on some of your literature, you've got a couple different microphones listed. Tell us what we're looking at here.
2: Okay, so the MC microphone uh, evolved from me having an EVP years ago with a, just a standard digital recorder where a spirit was talking in one, micro, one like say, the right side, and another was on the left side, and they were talking over one another. It took me the longest time in my software to figure that out, split the channels up and play them one at a time. And so I said to myself, I I don't want to spend any more time with spirits talking over one another. I need one microphone. And by the way, if I could get their attention with something that was lit, that would be even better. So I came across a novelty pen that had a blue LED in it. I embedded a microphone in the top and I was using that for years. And so, just recently, in like the last six months, I thought, you know what, let's take this one a little bit further and I found a uh, call it a novelty pen that had actually three LEDs built into it. You can get seven colors. I got that three-eighths diameter electric condenser microphone built in the tip. I got stainless steel uh, wire mesh protecting it and I used that to go ghost hunting. So you plug it in and so you can step back from the table and say Instead of telling the spirits, "Hey, I have this digital recorder. Please, please shout your answers into this end where the little yellow light is," you can put the um, microphone on your table, turn it on. Uh, I'd say I like green this time, or maybe blue. And so you get that blue light on the table. Then you step back and say, "Spirits, please shout your answers into the blue spirit voice recorder." And don't hog the microphone, you know, leave room for the other spirits to get involved. But that's how that all came about.
1: But don't you also ha- still have the same problem that you were saying? Uh, if something's speaking to yeah. you on the right or the left, I mean, you, you, you still well, don't know.
2: they still hog the microphone. You still have them talking over one another.
1: Yeah, so, all right, so the main, the main reason you were looking is you were trying to be able to separate the channels, but you're still on that same situation, you just embedded a light into the system. Yes, and now
2: they have to talk over one another by actually getting close to the microphone rather than on either side of the digital recorder.
0: Once you started using these uh, modified microphones as you created them, did you notice a difference in the number of EVP you were getting?
2: Yes, but coincidentally, I started using better software. And so I use a program from Isotope called RX5. I think they're up to a version called RX-7. And I know most people today use Audacity, the free program out there. But um, kind of an analogy is uh, like if you're snorkeling or, and you're, you're in 25 feet of water and you're snorkeling and you have Audacity, you can see what's on the bottom. If you try swimming down that far, well, your mask may leak. It may be too far. You can't stay down there very long. When you have RX-5 or a very professional program, you can, it's like putting on a diving suit. You not only can you get to the bottom, but you can go through the sand and the soot down there and you can find things that you'd never even thought about. So it was getting the software package and creating the microphones kind of at the same time.
0: And we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from a break. And I will remind you, we have some of the microphones. We're going to give away those on the other side of the break, too.
1: And the phone number is 844-687-7669. Again, toll free at 844-687-7669. If you've got a question for us or our guest, give us a shout. You'll listen to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Please
0: support the program. Go to patreon.com slash joha. That's J-O-H-A-W. Welcome back to Beyond Reality Radio with Jason and JV. Tomorrow night, we've got Jeff Darty with us. He is a former minister, a Bible college graduate, He's also spent a number of years uh, using his gifts of healing and exorcism. He also saw the cracks in the foundation of big-time religion and set out for answers on his own. And uh, we've been talking about exorcism uh, quite a bit on the program. It's uh, it's something that it seems to be becoming more and more sought after. And uh, our guest tomorrow night will talk about that.
1: And then Thursday, we've got Linda Sherman on, author and astrologer. We'll be discussing her predictions for 2019 and 2020 and a new book, Our Choice, Extinction or Evolution. So make sure you tune in. It's going to be some great shows. Yeah, great stuff
0: coming up on the show, of course. And tonight we're talking with Jeff Eastman about his uh, products. And Jeff, one of the things we haven't really said is where can people get a hold of this stuff we've been talking about?
2: For the dowsing rods, you can go to Amazon and just search for electric light dowsing rods. And then a friend of ours that we met at the Battlefield Bash, um, Dave Giuliano, who owns yep. the com. Yeah, I know Dave's great.
1: are now listed on there. Yeah, I know Dave. Dave's great. He also runs the Shadowlands.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so you can great. go there to, to pick those up also.
0: Now, in pre- uh, preparing for the program and the discussion tonight, I saw reference to gray noise. Tell us what gray noise is all about.
2: Okay. Gray noise is actually noise, and I think it's going to be, call it a field of, of study. It's evolving like EVPs, and it came from liking the SB7 spirit box. But what makes this SB7 spirit box work? Um do, you, do the listeners know about that? Maybe Jason you can tell them what the SB7 spirit box is?
1: Um really, I've always tried to avoid spirit boxes. Uh they've never been uh anything okay. that I've I've had much faith in. Um it's just is the F, is the SB7 is it the one that's scanning through the AM and FM frequencies?
2: Yes. So it basically scans very quickly through all the channels. And if it can't lock in on a channel, it's not going to lock in, it just scans it. it. The radio tries to amplify the base noise, and that's what gets the white noise. And you hear this K-k-k-k-k. But I have a problem that it actually has an antenna. Now, I've taken mine out, but you can still pick up strong AM channels or FM that are in the area, and then, as you're asking questions, you you may cycle and pick that up. For a, a local station, its uh, feed may go across three bands as it's as it's working. So, I didn't understand how people were using it in paranormal investigations, but quite a pe- quite a few people are. But I thought maybe there's something else about it. Maybe it's just a white noise that the spirits are using to somehow get their words out. So I started just listening to the, the, the white noise generated by the SB7 and not particularly listening for any answers And with my, uh, the software that I have and different filtering techniques, and I found that there are hidden voices. There's conversations going on, but it's very choppy. Imagining I'm recording you, and as I'm listening to your answers, I have my finger on the record button and I'm pulsing it. So it sounds like. Uh, 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 it. And so you, I had to use techniques to kind of try to blend those channels together to get words. And I thought uh, it also the white noise that it was generating was very high in the center of the voice. So the voice is like 350 hertz to about 7,000, and white noise is right down the middle that the SP7 was generating. So I thought, that is too hard to work with. So I went out and found different types of noise. There's gray, there's um, pink noise, blue, white, other different colors. So I found one, and I toned it down so that it wasn't such a high um, power in the center, right where the voice spectrum is. It's pretty much even across the board. And more importantly, it's just a solid noise. So then I do EVP sessions with that. And then I take that into my software and I apply different techniques. And I'm getting some eye-opening conversations going on that um, it's it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Like Josh Warren, he was on your program um, the other week, yep. talking about Paris uh, I can't even say. that.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Taking pictures and creating sound from them, and he was all excited to tell people, "This is the first time I'm doing this. I'm all excited to share this with you." That's sort of how I feel with the gray noise. I've been doing it for about six months or to a year. But i, I got to go back onto my experiments and say, am I matrixing? I, I would leave the den after I listen to some EVPs and I go, Sue, there's something here. I'm hearing a whole conversation going on. And at first, they're not listening to me. They're just talking. But then on occasion, they will get, hey, quiet. Eastwind's talking. Or I get an answer and I go, wow, they are listening. So the gray, the gray noise, I, I give maybe some of your listeners uh, a tip on how to start filtering that. So normally when you do an EVP, um, you want to eliminate the background noise. And most people, they grab a section where they don't think the EVP is, the electronic voice phenomena is. They use that as a template, and then they highlight the entire area, and they say remove everything like this from that spot so that you can bring the EVP forward. Well, when you're listening to gray noise, it's sort of like standing in next to a waterfall, and it's, you can hear that rumbling going on, and there's a lot of water mist coming up, and you're talking with somebody, and you can hardly see them, but you know they're there. And so the, the first filters that I use is I completely highlight the section, and I call that my template, but before I filter it, I bump up the, the dB on that entire uh, selection, about 4 dB. So I copied it first as a template, and then I bumped it up. Then I went back and used the original template to filter out a layer. And I do that about twice. And now there's, my program's got so many knobs and, and sliders and different things and I'm going to try to make a cookbook way of doing this, but what it's doing is it's like this person standing next to the waterfall. You get rid of the mist, you see the person, and then when you play it over and over again, and, and this is the advantage of somebody doing EVPs. You can loop it, and then you can also see the audio spectrum on your monitor as it's going across sections, and you and you can start seeing oh, there's some words, oh, there's a sentence in that area, and you keep looping it. And then I go into different dialogue uh, filters and, and dropping out background. Um, I can actually go in there and paint and bring forward some of these areas that I'm hearing words. But I'll work on a like a 10-second segment. I could be working on that for a half hour. So I think most people, they crank it up, they do don't a, hear it, they just kind have of a sense, step aside.
0: Jeff, do you have a sense before you start working on that 10-second section of the audio file mm-hmm. um, that there's something there? Can you Are you hearing something that makes you interested in that particular section, or do you have to do that with every 10-second section of the recording?
2: I have been doing it with every section, but I'm more intrigued with when I know the environment is perfect. Mm. It was a great question. Um, I know that there are no nobody else is in the building again when you're using software that's really going to pull it out of the woodworks you got to mm-hmm. make sure that there are not people down the hallway on the other side of the building talking because it will actually start bringing it forward but yes I have been uh, every block after a good question I will dive into it and try to find out if something's there and I'm I am finding a lot of That's
0: that's stuff. that's interesting. I want to do this mm-hmm. before we uh run out of time here. We do have a set of the microphones of yours that we're going to give away as well. Yeah. Um and the number's 8446877669. What do you say, Jay? We should do 5 color 5. Let's do
1: 6. 6. Mm-hmm. So you are a rebel. Yeah, as long I, as I'm, I'm a rebel. What? What'd you say?
2: Vince Vince can't uh-huh. call in again. Yeah, no, Vince uh, no, can't
0: no, win again. We, we,
1: trust me, we, we've got our own show covered.
0: <laughs> um, so, again, the number 844 687 We've got a set of the microphones uh, that we will give away. Um, so we appreciate you doing that, uh, Jeff, sending those to us so that we can give them to listeners. I think that makes it kind of, uh, kind of fun, and, and it's also a bit unique, and it's very generous of you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, in fact, I have those loaded on Amazon, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. They're still unlisted. Um, when the when your listener gets this package tonight, they're going to see a basic, intermediate, and advanced experiments that they could be doing with these uh, new microphones.
0: All right, that's um. The- that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, again, the number is eight four four six eight seven seven six six nine. I wanted to ask you about other people's equipment. Have you seen anything enter the uh, market, if you will, uh, ghost hunting wise that has impressed you from anybody else recently? Is there new technology on the market that's making you excited?
2: I'm impressed with the K'nex, uh skeleton uh, camera. Um, I was doubtful of it until somebody in our group. Uh, Beth, or Denise Rodman got one, and we were at the Canton Palace Theater for the world's largest ghost hunt. We were helping out, and she was using that, and And this is a very old theater, 1926, and actually had an, a figure show up on the chair sitting next to somebody in an empty chair, and they reached over, and they, they said it's cold, and it was just, other than seeing it on TV, to have somebody in the group have it working for them, I'm I'm just really impressed with that. I'd like to know how it works.
1: Yeah, they're definitely interesting, and uh, I I've owned I own one, and uh, I've actually used some on different TV shows. We uh, I was filming a show over with uh, Jack Osborne, Ozzy's son last year over in uh, the UK, and I walked around pretty much for three days using one. And they're they're a really neat piece of equipment.
2: Did it? Did you get any? Uh action Did oh you yeah get we, and,
1: we, and we were in an old castle uh, as uh, so and we were walking through there and yeah i mean the things they things show up and it, it and you definitely get false readings with them here and there but when you okay. pick up something and it actually is moving across the screen um is is pretty wild it really is i have to say Okay, let's jump to our
0: listener line. We do have a winner of the set of microphones. This is Ron in Indiana. Hey, Ron, thanks for calling in.
1: Hey, guys. uh, I cannot believe I won this. (laughs) I've been listening to you guys forever, and I call in once in a great while, but, man, I never expected to win. Well, congratulations.
0: Ron, have have, have you done any of this kind of paranormal investigating in the past?
2: no i have okay. never had the opportunity i've never had the equipment i've always been fascinated by it um when when jason was doing ghost hunters i followed him religiously uh but i never had the equipment or the uh, really the time to invest
1: oh well now but i'm going getting, to now yeah <laughs> now, now you've got some equipment now you just got to find that time absolutely well ron
2: and we have got a few areas to try
1: yeah we, we
0: appreciate you listening we appreciate your kind words and uh for calling in and we'll have those things sent right out did they get your address
1: Yes, they did.
0: All right, awesome. Hey, can
2: I say something to yeah, Ron? Yeah. yeah. go ahead, Ron, if you visit my website, ncpdohio.com, and scroll to the bottom of the, the home page, there's an instructional video on those microphones that you're going to receive. Okay? Excellent. It just talks about them, and you'll get a better idea. Hey, look at that. That's pretty cool.
1: All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. This is so generous. I cannot believe you're doing this. Oh, Well, th- Thank- thanks, Ron. Congratulations. Yeah, and thanks for
0: calling in. Um, we just have a couple minutes left with you, Jeff. I wanted to ask you about NCPD, which, by the way, stands for uh, North Canton Paranormal Detectives. Uh, what type of work do you do with, with that group? What type of investigations?
2: Well, like I said, we're affiliated with Team Spectra, Gettysburg Paranormal, um, we'll get together, and about six times a year, we'll find different locations to go hunt at or ghost investigate. We also help out at locations like the Kent Stage. Um, we just volunteer our time there. The Kent the Palace here is another favorite place that I, I helped start um, in 2013 on First Fridays. It just it raises money for the places, um, and, and that's it. Oh, we got uh, our Facebook page. Visit Team Spectra on Facebook and like them. They do all the, uh, the scheduling part of it. I'm just a nerd that uh, likes <laughs> to go to these events with my equipment and, and really get you know lots of evidence.
0: Right,
1: nothing wrong with that.
0: Well, we appreciate you being on the program again. The dowsing rods, the electric light dowsing rods, are available on Amazon. Um, and you said the microphones are, you're, you're just waiting to push the trigger for the Amazon part, right?
2: Yeah, soon to be. I think Dave Giuliano wants to have them on his site also. And then I want the uh, listeners to know that I'll be in Mansfield, Ohio State Reformatory, June 30th. Or oh, no, wait. Paranormal? No, it's a Paranormal psychic convention may 4th and may 5th sorry about that
1: oh don't worry about it that's a great place so and you'll have fun so but thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us and we look forward to talking to you again at some point
2: okay thank you for inviting me i really enjoyed being on the show
1: well, congratulations
0: to both Vince and Ron uh, for winning some of uh, Jeff Eastman's neat uh, devices. So if they ever do some dowsing or ghost hunting or whatever it happens to be, they'll have some
1: new toys to play with. Now get out there and catch some ghosts. Yeah,
0: get us some evidence, please. I didn't get a chance to ask Jeff about the evidence that he has on his YouTube channel. I know he's got a YouTube channel where a bunch of stuff is posted. You might be able to get to it through his website, which, uh, again, was
1: ncpdohio.com. Yeah, he's got about well, over 70 videos uh, on YouTube of uh, what he claims to be paranormal evidence, so make sure you check that out. Speaking
0: of videos, you see that thing circulating around, uh, I think I saw it on Facebook, uh, a w- woman thinks she caught an image of the her mother. son. Yeah.
1: yeah, the mother, caught, she believes she caught an image of her son, her deceased son, who he ended up dying of a drug overdose, and uh, they, I guess they were in their room, her and her 20-something-year-old daughter. We're sitting there watching TV and, and she got an alert on our phone saying that one of the cameras had picked up video and when they went there, it, it looked like her son.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can never tell with that kind of thing because you don't know the real source. But um,
1: Well, then again, you got to hope that well hope that it is because it'd be terrifying. You know, that means somebody's in your house if it's not your son. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely somebody is there. Yeah. It's pretty interesting stuff. I don't know, crazy, but make sure you tune in. We've got some great shows coming up again tomorrow. We're talking with uh, Jeffrey uh, Dougherty, uh, former minister Bible college graduate. Uh, Jeffrey is a uh, well, Bi- Bible college graduate spent over 20 years as a licensed minister during which he discovered his gifts of healing and exorcisms. So uh, he also saw the cracks in the foundation of big-time religion and set out for some answers on his own. And then Thursday, we're talking with Linda Sherman, author and astrologer. We're going to be discussing her predictions for 2019. And I bet it's probably going to have some JV where Beyond Reality Radio is going to add more stations. I I think that's got to be a pretty standard prediction. prediction. And uh, also her predictions for 2020 and new book, Our Choice, Extinction or Evolution. If you haven't yet, head over to facebook.com slash Radio. Like that Facebook page for us. Then head to beyondrealityradio.com. You can find all the stations we are on across the country, download the free smartphone apps, and, uh, well, you can listen right there from the website. But that's going to pretty much do it for us tonight. You listen to Jason JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll catch you all tomorrow.
0: to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.